Good morning. You're listening to the Cato Daily podcast for Wednesday, March seventh. I'm your host Anastasia Yaglova. Taiwan has been in the news recently over President Chen Shui-bian's calls for independence from China and for the drafting of a new constitution, among other things. As if that's not enough to raise eyebrows, Taiwan has successfully tested a cruise missile capable of hitting mainland China. Is it time to worry about escalating tensions in the Far East? Cato's Vice President for Foreign and Defense Policy Studies, Ted Galen Carpenter, is here with comments. Recently, Taiwan's President Chen Shui-bian has made some very controversial remarks. Specifically, he called for Taiwanese independence, and I quote: "Taiwan is a country whose sovereignty lies outside the People's Republic of China." Comments, Ted. This is part of Chen's continuing drive to enhance a separate Taiwanese identity, distinct from China. He has done a number of things in addition to his rather combative statements. For example, he has ordered changes in the names of state-owned corporations, eliminating the word China, substituting the word Taiwan. Earlier measures included things such as putting the name Taiwan on passports of the Republic of China, which is Taiwan's official name. This is all very disconcerting to Beijing, because the leaders on the mainland regard Taiwan as rightfully Chinese territory, and that this is simply unfinished business from the civil war at the end of the 1940s. What Chen is trying to do is to make it clear that Taiwan is rightfully a separate country, and he's going to press for recognition by the United Nations as a separate country. Well, didn't he run in 2000 on promises not to move towards independence if China did not threaten the use of force? In his inaugural address in May of 2000, as a matter of fact, he made a number of promises that he would refrain from taking specific actions toward independence, as long as Beijing did not try to coerce Taiwan in any way. His latest statements and actions may not. Constitute direct violations of those pledges, but it certainly narrows the scope of those pledges, and it suggests that further action may be forthcoming. He has already talked about constitutional changes, which, among other things, would define what Taiwan's territory is. Now, again, that would be a direct challenge to Beijing. Because, as far as Beijing is concerned, Taiwan and the mainland are part of one country, and if the new Taiwanese constitution would define Taiwan's territory as constituting the island of Taiwan and assorted offshore islands, and renounce any claim to the mainland, that again is almost a functional equivalent of a declaration of independence—a direct and very provocative challenge to Beijing. In addition to that, Taiwan has reportedly tested a missile that can reach Shanghai or Hong Kong. So, how is Beijing supposed to respond to that kind of threat? Well, especially when you consider that this missile test came on the heels of Chen's comments and actions, that's a not very subtle message to the leadership on the mainland that Taiwan is capable of defending itself and has every intention of defending itself. If、uh, Beijing decides to、uh, ratchet up the pressure and put Taiwan under coercion, Taiwan has some fairly significant military capabilities. It has a modern fleet of F-16 fighters, for example, 
at the moment and probably for a few years more, Taiwan's air capability is probably superior to that that Beijing can mount. So Taiwan would be a fairly capable opponent, even without assistance from the United States. Well, this probably puts the United States in a very difficult diplomatic position, doesn't it? It's not only a difficult diplomatic position. This underscores the problem with U.S. policy. On the one hand, we say we adhere to a one-China policy, that we're not going to challenge Beijing's claim that Taiwan is rightfully part of China. On the other hand, under the Taiwan Relations Act of 1979, we are committed to selling defensive weapons to Taiwan and to regard any coercive measures by Beijing as a, quote, grave breach of the peace, unquote, in East Asia implying that the United States would take uh, action to defend Taiwan. In addition, President George Bush in 2001 indicated that the United States would do whatever is necessary to defend Taiwan from aggression. So we are caught in the middle of this dispute. We have an implied security commitment to Taiwan, and yet we do not control events. We cannot control what the government on Taiwan does nor, obviously, can we control how Beijing reacts to what that government on Taiwan does. That is a very bad position for the United States to be in. How would the United States go about untangling this kind of foreign policy Gordian knot in the event of an incident between Taipei and Beijing? What I'm afraid of is that we may encounter a serious crisis at some point in the future, and uh, scramble to define just what our policy is. Our policy at the moment appears to be a case of wishful thinking. We just hope all of these problems go away, that nobody, either on Taiwan or on the mainland, does anything rash and create a major military crisis. But that's a very risky policy. As we can see, the political leaders on Taiwan are adopting an ever bolder and more confrontational course. And the language coming from Beijing over the past several years has indicated that efforts to drastically change the status quo, in other words, to promote Taiwanese independence, simply will not be tolerated, that the People's Republic of China will use military force, if necessary, to prevent Taiwan from establishing an independent status. And no doubt Taiwan is probably encouraged by America's ambiguous position on Taiwanese independence. I think that too many Taiwanese, this was certainly my impression when I was in Taiwan in the summer of 2005, believe that the United States will defend a fellow democracy, come what may, that even if a military crisis is provoked by actions taken by Taiwan rather than the mainland, the United States will not allow a vibrant democracy to be taken over by an authoritarian regime. Now, whether that calculation is correct or not is really not the point. If the Taiwanese believe that, and they certainly seem to, they are going to act in ways that might be very provocative and very dangerous, not only for themselves, but for the United States as well. The majority of support for the Cato Institute's work comes from individuals, and Cato depends solely on tax-deductible contributions to provide the public with a wealth of free resources, including this podcast. We hope you'll consider supporting or even joining Cato. For information, please go to www.cato.org.